welcome to Scary to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott, and I'm here to read you a bedtime story. This week's story gets a little gross. If you make it to the end, you get to loudly exclaim, I did it. Before we get to that, though, I've talked about my friend Nina's show, The Twisted Mirror Podcast, before. Nina is the author of Good Hair and The Smile, two audience favorites here on Scary to Sleep. Well, she has been so kind to adapt my story, Nuclear Flight. It's available now wherever you get your podcasts. That's The Twisted Mirror Podcast. It's been so fun to see how a different artist interprets and brings my story to life. It's the first time anyone's adopted one of my stories since No Sleep, the No Sleep podcast did years and years ago, so this has been very exciting for me. Thank you so much, Nina. Now, this week's story comes to us from the brilliant author, Clark Roberts, whose work has been featured on this show a few times. Clark writes horror for both children and adults. His most recent kids' book, Fourth of July on Monster Mountain, follows a quartet of cousins as they celebrate our nation's birthday at their wacky uncle's dinosaur-themed water park. I'll put that link in the show notes, along with Led by Beasts, Volume 2, his most recent adult horror that pays homage to horror greats Keelan Patrick Burke, Bentley Little, Dennis Etchison, Neil Gaiman, and Andy Rausch. This week he has for us The Witch's Mushroom. Doc, look at this. Mark ambled over to his older brother, thinking to himself, the outdoors was actually doing Eddie some good. Eddie extended an arm. Mark glanced and saw just another tannish brown moral, or a goldy mushroom, as Eddie called them, not any different than the dozen or so that they'd already plucked and dropped in their mesh onion bags. Yeah, so... Mark said, shrugging. Look closer, dog! Mark cringed at his brother calling him dog, as if they were both still Generation X teenagers rather than middle-aged men. He bit his tongue, reminding himself that, over the years, Eddie had probably pickled his brain with so much booze and dope, he most likely still viewed the world through the myopic lenses of a marginalized teen. Mark inspected closer, hunched his shoulders, admitting defeat. Dog, don't even try to tell me you don't see this! Look here! Eddie traced over the rippled, honeycombed spores of the fruiting fungus. Right there, man! It's my face! It's my face! Okay, there was no denying he now saw it. The formation did resemble his brother's face. Still, Mark only half-heartedly nodded in acknowledgement and said, I guess so. Kinda neat. Mucho strange is what it is. (laughs) It even got a smile. Hope that's not a sign of how you feel now that both mom and dad are gone. That ain't even fair, dog. Eddie spat his face twisted with contempt. It was a look Mark could relish because, deep down, Mark secretly 
hated his brother. It hadn't always been that way. As kids, he'd even looked up to his older brother. But then, baby Christy had disappeared, and Eddie had withdrawn and spiraled into his seedy world. To top it off, their parents had devoted their lives to the futile crusades of locating baby Christy and saving their eldest son from what they correctly viewed as the dark side. Eddie, whether intentionally or not, had stolen away all the extra attention that rightfully belonged to Mark. You're right, Mark. Mark sighed with effort. He forced his shoulders to slump. I'm still struggling to cope with the loss. I shouldn't lash out like that. Ah, no sweat. Eddie reached out to grasp Mark's shoulder. Trust me. I know how you feel, bro. I didn't choose the path they wanted for me. But I love mom and dad just the same. Loved them? Mark thought. More like leached off them siphoning their bank accounts as if they were filled with organic nutrients. He glanced down at his brother's unusual find. It's... it's a unique find. I'm gonna go to the other side to see if I can find any of the black mushrooms like I used to. Ah, sounds sweet. You find the brownies, and I'll stay on this side for more goldies. Split them up back at the house. Maybe make one of those homemade pizza pies like Mom used to. Sounds sweet, Mark agreed, while turning away. He really didn't care if Eddie picked up on the leaden sarcasm in his voice. How they split up the mushrooms didn't amount to a hill of beans. The family inheritance, that was something entirely different. Watch out for the witch! (laughs) Eddie hollered and laughed. Mark walked on, keeping his back to Eddie but he did give the thumbs up of acknowledgement. Watch out for the witch. The witch was exactly the reason he was headed to the north side of what the family had always called Dungeon Hillock. And his brother's find was an obvious sign. The witch expected Mark's return. Twelve-year-old Mark had been squirrel hunting in what the family referred to as the back 40 of their property, the day he first encountered the Dungeon Hillock Witch. He'd already shot three black squirrels and stuffed them into the back of his game vest. A hearty stew could be made from his three killings. So now he just roamed, letting the rest of the morning die. To head straight back to the house meant more observing mom and dad trip over themselves while they cooed for baby Christy. In Mark's adolescent mind, he'd experienced enough of that to last a lifetime. He didn't understand everyone making such a fuss, because in reality, his little sister was, more than anything, a burden. Before baby Christy's birth, he'd even heard dad whisper the word, accident when talking it over with Mom, to which Mom had seemed none too pleased. Accident or no accident, Mom and Dad sure did love Baby Christy. Things changed the day Baby Christy popped into their lives. It felt as if he had been 
pushed into the background. Or even worse, that he'd become a tool his parents kept in a drawer to be used when they needed, and once again set aside and closed up. Sometimes when he spotted the first star of the night outside his bedroom window, he wished upon it to once again be the baby of the family. He understood the foolishness of this thinking. Being twelve, after all, he knew such superstitious beliefs were about as rooted in reality as Santa Claus or the Tooth Fairy. If his mind hadn't been wandering and lamenting his sister's arrival, he would have completely avoided Dungeon Hillock while slowly working his way back to the house. As it was, he'd unwittingly approached the threshold of the glade, and there, in the center, rose the enigma that was Dungeon Hillock. His father was able to explain the clearing of the woods. Originally, someone had made their home back there. But his father couldn't explain the incongruous rise in the earth at this particular spot. No other undulations whatsoever marked the property, and one had to travel out of county before spotting an actual hill. Nevertheless, here, settled upon the back forty, was Dungeon Hillock. The familial tale of the witch who had dug her dwelling in the north side of the raised mound of earth usually kept Mark away. As to the authenticity of the tale, Mark couldn't be sure. But standing there, all alone, it seemed a hole of a hell a lot more plausible than the Tooth Fairy. An old door constructed of heavy wooden boards and vintage iron hinges slanted upward with the slope of the hillock. His father had once guided him and Eddie back there to warn them away from it, because even though much of the hillock earth had grown over the door's hinges, seemingly acting as nature's most formidable lock, the integrity of the boards had gone to rot. Who knew how far a drop one would take if one broke through? Their father had stepped farther up the hillock and pushed and pulled on the grass as tall as his chest, revealing the crumbling remnants of a stone chimney poking through the earth. Mark remembered the chill of peering into the chimney's darkness and the rank air it expelled. Twelve-year-old Mark experienced those same goosebumps because nature's lock or not, Somehow, the door yawned slowly wide on squealing hinges until it reached its precipice. Gravity won over, banging the door to the ground. Mark stared wide-eyed at the slanted, dark opening. Suddenly, he could feel the cold draft push against his face and smelled something awfully close to rot. He thought he heard the whisper of his name carried on the draft. It came a second time, but stronger, strained and scratchy and high-pitched, an old woman's voice. Peripherally, he picked up on the steady column of smoke, 
ascending from the tall grass which concealed the chimney. Come forward, Marquis! He shouldered the twenty-two, while at the same time stepping completely out of the shadows of the trees. A wizened and pinched face pushed out of the entrance. It hung, surrounded by darkness, permitting Mark a moment of study. The witch's skin was a pock-marked parchment. Her lips were thin and bloodless, and right above was the hooked beak. As demonic as this countenance was, the eyes were wholly female, round and large and observant. Even from this distance, Mark could see that lice infested what was left of her matted and stringy hair. Mark said. The scope of the rifle shook, making it nearly impossible to keep the crosshairs on the ghastly face. Put it down! This time, the witch shrieked. Automatically, Mark threw the gun to the ground. So much better. An arm, cloaked in a black and ragged sleeve, unfolded. A hand with skeletal fingers beckoned him forward before it snaked back into the acherontic lair. She cackled, the sound every child's nightmare given audible substance. Come into my lair. Let's discuss how we can assist one another. Forgetting about his brother and his mind swimming in the past, Mark stepped around to the north side of Dungeon Hillock to discover the witch already stood outside her lair, as if anticipating his arrival. Marky, the witch said, drawing out his name as he remembered from so long ago. You've returned, no longer a boy, twenty-five years, I've slept, and now I've wakened with the hunger fully formed. Rested or not, the span of time had not been kind to the crone. On sleepless nights when he thought of her, he remembered a wizened woman. But what stood before him now was nearly ancient. She'd lost all of her hair, revealing a scabbed scalp that bulged into a fist-sized tumor just to the forefront and above an ear. The mottled tumor pulsed slowly but rhythmically, as if cadenced to a half dead heart. Wrinkled and drooped flesh had torn and hung slab-like at her cheeks. She still leaned on a cane as before, but the passage of time had 
grotesquely exaggerated her stoop. She was not just double-backed, but triple-backed, as if whatever structural affliction she suffered still grew into a twisting entity. What might this old crone look like in a thousand years? The thought of it was horrifyingly and dizzyingly stupefying, but also possible. As long as she continued to wake and feed every quarter turn of century, her existence was infinite. At least, she'd long ago told him. Don't look at me like that! She hissed. Sorry, he muttered, dropping his eyes to the ground. One of the dark morale mushrooms that grew on the side of the hillock poked through the leaves, just at the tip of his boot. He'd almost crushed it with his shoe. Pick it, the witch ordered him. We'll need it for our plan. Plan? We'll need to be more imaginative than the first time. The first time? God in heaven. When the witch had spun out her lore, how she periodically required whatever nutrients a human soul supplied, and didn't Marky's family have a burden? A sister. He so desperately wanted to disappear. The witch had instructed him that very night, sneak down to unlock the back door just after midnight. He'd then slunk back into his room and pulled the bed cover snug to his trembling chin. Through his open doorway, he'd observed a crippled shadow shuffling past to the next room where baby Christy slept in her crib. Only moments later, the shadow had hurriedly hobbled back in the other direction. This time, a bundled shape hugged tight to one shoulder. Twelve-year-old Mark had heard baby Christy giggling. He'd also thought he'd heard the sound of lips smacking with hunger. All those years ago. And only now was he feeling some remorse. Mark knelt down to the mushroom. His heart fluttered because the spores of this one also shaped a face. His face. Pick the mushroom, the witch once again commanded. Think of the inheritance, the money you won't have to split. It'll take your brother less than two years to waste through his share. Five hundred thousand dollars, or half that. He reached down to pluck the dark mushroom from the cool soil. He followed the crone, crawling his way down into her lair, just like he had twenty-five years prior. He listened to her instructions that he and Eddie would each have to eat their mushrooms, 
Five minutes later, he climbed back outside and gently guided the heavy door closed. He quickly gathered up a handful of the dark morels sprouting from the earth so as not to lead his brother to suspicion. Mark found Eddie dozing in the warm sun on the other side of Dungeon Hillock. He shook Eddie. Find any of those brownies? Eddie mumbled. A few. Mark held up his mesh bag. He'd stuffed the mushroom resembling his face into his shirt's front pocket, like it was a winning lottery ticket he didn't dare show. Come on, brother. I know where Mom kept her recipes. We'll have that pizza yet. Mark pulled the pizza from the oven, placing it atop the stove. Smells good, dog! (sighs) Eddie said from the kitchen table. He was busying himself with rolling his doobies. Smells like that wild mushroom pizza dear old mom used to make. Uh Uh-huh. Mark agreed. He glanced over his shoulder. Eddie continued to lick and roll. Lick and roll. Mark turned back and intently pushed the cutter through the steaming pizza. He said, Just so you know, this is the last night I'm staying. I'm leaving tomorrow. Really, dog? I thought you took the whole work week off. With his back turned, Mark shrugged, continuing to roll the cutter in a crisscross pattern. Funerals are over. I have nothing in this town to stay for. But Mom and Dad made you the executor of their will. I've glanced it over, and it's just you and me. That can wait a few weeks. I need some time to grieve on my own. You don't mind, do you? He made one last cut. Guess not. I mean... Not to sound selfish or nothing, but... I could use some of that money soon, dog. You'll survive. You always have. Mark finished cutting the pizza and tilted his head in amusement. He'd formed a perfect pentagram, just as the witch had instructed. Mentally, he marked what slice to slide onto Eddie's plate. Mark placed the plate before Eddie. With a mocking tone, he said, Eat up, dog. The cursed mushroom disappeared into Eddie's chomping mouth. Mark smiled. The witch had commanded that Mark, too, eat the morel resembling his own face. And so he made sure to grab that slice. Juices squished when he bit down. Damn football! Eddie exclaimed. Mark swallowed with an agreeing nod. The word damned summed it all up, but as usual, Eddie was clueless. Mark woke up to the sound of his brother vomiting in the hallway bathroom. The very sound of it was repulsive, but he wanted to make sure everything was going to the witch's plan. He swung his legs out of bed. Through the window, he saw the night sky speckled with diamonds. He focused on a particular diamond and thought, 
Starlight, star bright. He chuckled and shook the childish game out of thought. Eddie's continuous retching was proof his wishes were already becoming a reality. Mark stood and stepped out into a heavy haze. The entire hallway reeked of weed. How much ganja had his loser brother smoked? Once to the bathroom, he found Eddie stripped to his underwear. Eddie's body sheened with sweat. He'd also caught Eddie in a moment of reprieve. Eddie breathed heavily. His forehead rested on the toilet seat. Having some issues, dog? Mark teased. Maybe you ate a fake morel. They're poisonous, you know. I've heard it happens from time to time. Eddie turned his head. A painful groan escaped his lips. His eyes were bloodshot, but to Mark, it looked as if anything human had been sucked gone from them. With a closer inspection, Mark now thought he saw a layer of slime on Eddie's skin rather than sweat. Eddie's body spasmed. His shoulders jerkily hunched, and he once again retched. Mark went back to his room, calmly dressed, and gathered the SUV's keys. The witch was too weak to make it to the house during the night, so Mark had to drive out to pick her up. He checked in on his brother one last time, and found Eddie completely on the floor and curled in a fetal fashion, his arms clenching his stomach. Mark said, I'd say I'm sorry the transformation process isn't painless, Eddie. Truly, I would. But who'd I be kidding, dog? I hope it hurts like hell. Mark walked out of the house whistling. He fired up the SUV and drove out to see the Dungeon Hillock Witch. The next morning, Eddie blinked awake. Christ on his throne. He'd fried his brain during the night, but then again, he'd fried his brain on a lot of nights. At least he'd only chugged through half a dozen beers instead of the entire case, because that might have made today's task nearly impossible. He pushed himself off the tiled floor, looking at the digital clock in his deceased parents' bathroom. Nearly noon... But what the hell did that matter? He was waking up today a richer man than yesterday. (laughs) Richer to the tune of 500,000 big ones. That could score a shit ton of ganja and liquor. And the primo stuff at that. The green grown out of country. And the bottles perched on the top shelves. Eddie went to the kitchen and congratulated himself on a fine acting job the previous night by grabbing and cracking a beer from his parents' fridge. Last night, he'd thrust his entire hand so far down his throat, he'd almost choked. But he'd also managed to puke up all of the pizza, including the witch's cursed mushroom. After Mark left in the night, exactly as the witch had foretold, Eddie really burned himself out. 
Ironically enough, he actually had passed out in the bathroom. He'd almost been feeling bad about the game being played on his brother. That is, until he heard Mark's last words. I hope it hurts like hell. Eddie slugged the beer. He opened another as a chaser, because damn if it didn't feel just fine to be king. He was still bleary-eyed, but the beers made him feel human enough to get the job done. He dressed in work clothes and went out to the garage to grab his father's axe. Mark's SUV was gone from the drive. Eddie looked at his own small and run-down sedan. He stated, Fuck it, I'm walking. He did walk. He walked with a spring in his step and lugging the axe all the way out to Dungeon Hillock. On the north side of the hillock, he found Mark's SUV. He also discovered the tallest, as tall as a man, and most damned morel mushroom of all time. Except at the top, the mushroom grew into a human head. Mark's head. The witch had used black stitching to forever close Mark's eyes and mouth. You know, Mark, Eddie stated, you're not the only one to ever speak to the Dungeon Hillock witch. Upon hearing his voice, the head atop the mushroom began to shake and dance wildly like a just-sprung jack-in-the-box. Eddie could tell those were screams, trying to escape from behind the stitches. Fate is a bitch, but more than that, Fate is a witch. <laughs> Eddie chuckled at his lame joke. I mean, what are the odds of mom and dad dying in a car crash on the 25th anniversary of baby Christie's disappearance? It's really mind-boggling. Then, before you can get back to town, the goddamn Dungeon Hillock Witch visits me to tell a story. A story about you and baby Christie, of all things. The muffled screams ceased, and now the head that was Mark began sobbing. Tears flowed freely down the cheeks, and snot dribbled from the nose. Although badly garbled, Eddie thought he understood what Mark was trying to spit out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much to Clark Roberts, my author this week. Clark, I had so much fun with this story. I thought it was so just incredibly fun. I haven't done a lot of witch stories on this show, weirdly. And the mixture of witches and mushrooms. I mean, classic combination, right? Uh, very reminiscent of like old fairy tales, too, I thought when I was reading it. Also, you did it. Yay. Uh, I said that up top because there were eating sounds and vomit sounds and some gore sounds at one point with the witch. So, yeah, I just thought I'd throw in that little... If you got to this and you're like, it wasn't that gross, 
you wouldn't believe some people the way they react to eating sounds. And I'm not judging. I'm just saying I know for some people that is like torture and the gore sounds and the vomit sounds. So yay. (laughs) If you didn't, if you needed to skip some parts, that's also cool. Anyway, so follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at Scary to Sleep. Facebook is a group, so you'll have to answer a couple questions before you join just to make sure you're not a robot or a scammy person. So yeah, you can just say podcast, podcast if you'd like to join. We're almost at 5,000 members, by the way. That's bananas. Uh, Thank you all for being there, whoever's there. And Instagram is popping off too. Um, Yeah, and sorry for this episode being a little bit late. If you follow me on Instagram and Facebook, you know why. And it was because of my adorable cat, Clara. You can see the video on both of those. Of course, it's not really her fault, but she can't defend herself. So why not blame her? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. This week, I didn't do any baking. Um, I've just been doing meetings and stuff. Yeah, I didn't do any baking. I Usually I say that and I'm like, oh, actually, I did this. I have not cracked an egg into a bowl for a week. Uh, I really want to make next week this recipe I found on my Pinterest page called Millionaire's Pie that I saved I probably like 10 years ago and it looked so good and it looked exactly like something exactly what I want this weekend. Um, But then I looked up other recipes just to compare and there's like different variations of millionaire it's like every part of the country has their version of millionaire's pie the one I want it's like chocolate and caramel and coconut in a pie crust it looks fantastic uh it looks like something out of that Sarah Michelle Gellar movie from years ago where she plays the chef that makes like caramel things I can't remember the name of that movie if you if you know you know uh yeah and Thank you again. I've still been having people reach out who are probably a little behind about the rambles. They're here to stay. Here they are. Here I am rambling at you. <laughs> and again, on Patreon, there is a Patreon patron only ramble. There are a few of them where I sometimes I go to Patreon and I just do a full episode of rambles and I just tell stories or talk about my life and things like that. Oh, and keep a lookout uh, soon for if you go to B, the letter B, disgusting, on TikTok. It's hard to find right now because there are no videos. But if you go follow the bloody disgusting TikTok page, I'm going to start doing TikToks along with some of my fellow fellow bloody disgustingites. So look for those. I already filmed my first one last night. And that was another reason this episode is late because I had a deadline and I had to put on a full face of makeup in the middle of the night and film a TikTok. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so go look out for that. And there's also going to be a new podcast coming out soon. I have a few new podcasts coming out soon, three to be exact. Um, so when I can announce those, one of them, I can announce very soon. Uh, the other two I'm kind of keeping in my back pocket cause I don't know an exact date when they'll be out. Uh, the other one, I do know the exact date, but I've been told to hold off on telling you guys about it. So sorry sorry about it but I just listened to the trailer and oh it's so good they did such a good job okay I'm gonna go let you go to sleep or go about your day or finish your dishes or finish folding your laundry whatever you happen to be doing or finishing your workout at the gym a few of you listen to me at the gym which is cool I listen to podcasts at the gym too um sometimes it gets me through my workout faster than music I don't know why it's just kind of I guess it's distracting because you're really into the podcast Um, all right. Well, have a great day. Oh, and please, 
Drink your water. Apparently, I have been forgetting to say that, and I apologize. I've actually been forgetting to drink water recently, so together, let's all... Thank you for reminding me. You're reminding me now. Go drink your water. Go get some sleep and sweet dreams.